I don't know a season in the 33 years that I've been here that we have had such a consistent, ongoing answer to prayer. Every time I turn around, there's an encouragement. And that's a great thing that happens. And so uh, even in this, these last few days, there's been a financial breakthrough that had been prayed for. There's been uh, somebody testified of emotional healing that took place in the ladies' meeting. Uh, there was people who've come to the Lord this week. It, it's just one of those great seasons. And so when we come to a Sunday like today where we have five people who are going to share something of what God's doing in their life, something that's going on in their life. It, it's, it's hard just to narrow it down to five. But we've asked five people, and we're giving them five minutes each just to share a bit of their story. Now, keep in mind that it's hard to tell your story in five minutes, okay? It's hard to cover all the ground where I was, what, what, what happened when God found me, how that's changed, and, and all of the steps in between. You, you know me, I love words. I love words. Why would you use 10 when you can use 1,000 sort of thing? And because and, and, there's so many to use, you know? And so we've been doing these videos. Have you been getting the videos in the, embedded in the thing? They give me 55 seconds to say something on a huge subject. So I brought my 500 words, and they start scratching them out. And they say, you have to get it down to 125 words. I feel like I've been imprisoned. It's just so hard. And so keep in mind that this is five. There's another aspect of this. I don't only want you to hear the story. I want you to get to know the people. You are sitting beside some of the most amazing people that God is doing some of the most amazing things in their lives. And you're sitting in a congregation that is represented by the nations of the world. Okay, and you'll get a little bit of insight into that this morning. And so, Monica, why don't you come for first? She's going to share. Monica comes from Zimbabwe and then from England. How long have you been with us? 2015. 2015. And uh, so I've asked her to tell a bit of her story. And uh, Monica, you go ahead. Thank you. I tried to bribe Pastor Bill and ask for 30 minutes, but he said, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's five minutes, right? So five minutes. So there is me. My parents divorced when I was three, and I stayed with my dad. He gave me the confidence. He loved me. He gave me the, all the assurance. He, treated, he didn't treat me like a girl, which is what most Africans do. He just treated me like a child. He would give me all the responsibilities. So I was just confident. I loved my dad. He was the only parent that I had with me. And then I grew up. My father got married, and he joined a church which did not allow the girl child to go to school. By the time I was born, my father had educated all his siblings. They were graduates. And there comes his daughter. Now he's faced with a decision to tell the daughter that you can't go beyond grade eight. And so when he told me that, I knew that it meant that I would get married 
at a very young age. So one conference we went, what the men used to do from that church is to kidnap a girl. And so once you were kidnapped, you couldn't go home. Whether the man has touched you or not, you were considered soiled and dirty. And so I went to this conference. There I sat facing a man who was interested in me. He had 12 wives. And I knew that by saying no to him, I was going to be kidnapped that evening. And so that evening, I decided to disguise myself. I was only 15. I dressed myself like that. I picked up my six-month-old half-brother, and I carried him on my back so that I could blend in with young mothers. That way I could be safe. And men came out in droves, and they were walking in pairs looking for me. And each time they came to me, I would take off my glasses, and my friends would answer the questions. My heart was in my mouth. I was sweating. I didn't know what to do. But eventually, I had to go to bed. I put my brother down. I looked at him. And I said, do you know? Do you know that you just saved my life today? I curled up next to him in a fetal position, and I cried. Years later, now I managed to escape. I went to university, but I was angry with my dad. When he told me that I couldn't go to school anymore, I was angry with him. I felt betrayed with all that he had planted in me to turn around and say, you can't go further. It wasn't acceptable. So I carried the anger. I carried the shame. I carried the pain. It affected my confidence. It affected my self-esteem. I was just not enough. I didn't feel the love. And then I started to write. And I started to heal. So with each story I shared, I took off a layer. With each story I shared, I took off a layer. I, but I didn't know that writing would prepare me for speaking. Now I stand in front of you as a confident speaker. I can do an impromptu speaking. I can talk on any topic. But before, I didn't realize that with this story, which gave me shame, God was preparing me to help others. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. I don't know what story you have. But I want you to look at that story and find a way to heal from it. Start jotting down. Within that story... You are on training so that you will help somebody else who is in a deeper position than you are. And so after writing, I was able to heal. I was able to forgive myself. And I was able to forgive my father. Now we have a wonderful relationship. That's my dad. That's me there. And that's my stepmom. The mother of the young boy... I carried, and he protected me. And so I'm sharing my story so that you know that whatever you're going through, it's not in vain. Use it because it's supposed to be used. That is your mission. 
and your purpose is wrapped in your story. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. Just stay right here. You told the story a little bit about, or you showed the picture of your, uh, of your book. Just tell them a little bit about your book. It's coming out. It's not out yet. It's not out yet. Um, in that book, I'm sharing my journey from when I left, from that story, and how I have traveled through peeling off each onion, peeling off each layer of the onion, and realizing that I can be strong. I am strong. I am strength. That's why it's called Silent Strength. So a uh, couple of things. The book, when it comes out in the, in the uh, dedication, you're mentioned there. Uh, it says, thanks to uh, my C3 Church family for the support and the uh, place that you found here. We love that you're here. Um, and uh, just, just the verse that came to mind as she was speaking is this. All praise to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all of our comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. So, Father, we thank you for what you've been doing in Monica's life. We thank you for doors that you've opened. We thank you that you've brought her and planted her here in this city, in our church, in our hearts. And so we ask that you to continue to open doors of influence, continue to guide her steps, we pray. Make her full, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, kiddo. You did good. You did really well. So the next one is Elmer Delport from South Africa originally. Come on, Elmer. Elmer, um, I asked you to tell a specific story. So you, I think you said you had a, are you the one who has a scripture verse? No? Okay, give it to us. Give it to us. Give it to us. I'm just thankful for his love. Yeah. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that yeah. he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And what does the next verse say? That's right. He didn't come to condemn the world. That's what I wanted to see. So he showed his love, and I think that God wants us to show his love to us, to the people that we come into contact with. So um, we've asked you all to find a person you, you know the, the story. We've asked you to find a person. And I, wanted, I want you to hear how Elmer and Sylvia have found their persons. Well, on Tuesday, we go to a, a seniors, uh, we call it our exercise class. But uh, there's a, a number of seniors, probably, what do you, what do you say, so 25, 30 of them have come. And uh, basically, they come for the fellowship. Um, some of, some of us do the exercises that, that they do, and uh, a lot of them don't. They sit in fellowship and stuff. So it's been quite easy to get to love these people. And uh, I, I'm just going to mention a couple of them. Uh, one lady, she's an Ishmaeli. Um, I don't know what they believe in, but uh, lovely folk. She, she comes every Tuesday with gifts. It may be a little candy, or uh, it may be a couple of weeks ago she brought me a, a little bottle of, uh, I don't know why me, but a bottle of uh, body wash and hair wash. <laughs> <laughs> and she said that 
Sylvia said I wasn't smelling good enough. So I looked at Sylvia and I thought, what are you telling people? <laughs> then she said, oh, no, 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 she didn't say anything like that. But anyway, she's a giving person. And uh, just uh, not last Tuesday, but this Tuesday before that, uh, she said to Sylvia, can you pray for me? Well, can you pray for me? She says, I don't, I, I want to die, but I don't want to die with pain. And she's going through a lot of health problems and stuff like that. So Sylvia prayed for her, put her arms around her and started praying. You know how Sylvia prays? <laughs> how she cries. <laughs> <laughs> so three or four of the ladies came to me. I was standing at one side, and they said, is, is everything all right? Is, is, what's wrong with Sylvia? I said, oh, that, I think that's her happy face. <laughs> they said, no, no, it's not a happy face. She's, she's troubled. I said, no, she's just feeling what is touching you guys. And so as she prays, she's telling you, showing you in a loving way that she cares for you. Oh, oh, they said, and turned around and walked away. And so... It's those kinds of things that uh, are really amazing to see. Um, when we first started there, one man, his name was Jim, he uh, caught my eye. He was a big man. He was a biker and had a nice bike, uh, but he couldn't ride it anymore. He was uh, battling lung cancer and stuff like that. And so I made a, a special point of of talking to him and telling him I was caring for him and praying for him. And then one Tuesday, he wasn't there. And I said to his little wife, I said, where's Jim today? She said, oh, he had problems and he's in the hospital. So Wednesday, I went into the hospital and found him. And uh, when I got there, there were doctors and some visitors. And the place was just full of people. And I thought, well, I wanted to just spend some time with him. So finally... They were still busy talking and carrying on. I went up to him and I said, Jim, can I come and spend some time with you? He said, I'd love to have you come. So he says, on Friday, I'm going to the, a hospice. Uh, so it was that far on. And so I said, well, can I come and see you? And he said, yes. And that Friday morning, he went into eternity. I thought to myself, Wow, where is Jim today? But you know, before that, we met an, an, a friend of his that came from Vancouver to visit with him. And I'm almost 100% sure that this friend was a born-again Christian, just his whole outlook and his, the way he spoke and so forth. And so I'm, I'm believing that his friend got through to Jim before, and I, it just made me feel how short time is and how mm. we need to take advantage of each opportunity that God gives us. And there's one more fellow. His name's Roy, and uh, he's a fisherman. He loves to fish around Calgary. He's uh, one of those things, you know, you keep going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they go other places, and, and his son, they've gone to BC for fishing. So he comes with all these fishing stories. And so uh, we struck up a real, real friendship, and one day he said to, to Sylvia and I, he said, I'd like you guys to come and visit us. So we got an address, and we went, 
And we had a lovely visit with the folk, Roy and Anne. Uh, she's a good baker, good cookies. <laughs> had a good cup of coffee. And uh, while we were sitting there, he was telling us that he has, he's had three bypass things, and uh, his body is ballooning, you know, their aneurysms. Mm -hmm. So he's had two fixed, and he had another one on this side that was developing, and the doctor said it's time to, to take care of that. And uh, so they were going to go into his side this way, and the other two, they went up the groin, and you know, as he talked, he, he showed that he was really concerned about it. And um, his wife said to me, she said, you know, he's a real worry person. He just worries about everything. So as we were sitting there before we left, I said to him, Roy, he looked at me. I said, can I pray for you? Well, I don't know where they stand spiritually, but he looked at me with a little bit of a surprise. And he said, yeah, 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 I'd like that. I'd like that. And so I prayed and asked the Lord to give him peace, mm. give him the assurance that he needs that everything's going to be okay. And he goes into hospital. And the 20-minute procedure took two hours because they came across uh, scar tissue right close to where they had to go. So they had to negotiate past this, and finally they got the, the thing done. And uh, he talked to me just a couple of days after that, and he said... I don't know why I worried. He said, <laughs> everything went fine. And he said, uh, wow, he says, thank you. Thank you for praying for me. Yeah. And I know that God is going to answer many of their needs. There's uh, one man who leads us with the exercises. He's had a double lung transplant. And I feel God's given him a second chance mm -hmm. to get right with God. So... It, this this exercise thing takes place uh, at the Marlboro Community, the Marlboro Center, Community Center, right in the heart of where we are and right in the heart of our mission. And so, uh, Father, we're asking for your favor to rest on Elmer and Sylvia as they not only go into that place for their own health, but God, you're sending them in as missionaries to people who are lonely, people who are who are just at the end of life and needing to, to come to know you as their personal Savior. And so, God, give them favor, open doors, give them wisdom, give them the supernatural gifts that they need for each and every encounter, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Elmer. The next one is Godfred Quain. Come on, Godfred. And Godfred originally is from Ghana. Now, he's got, a, he's got two stories to tell. He's got five minutes, just to remind him. And <laughs> he's got two stories. Can I, can I just tell you this? It had been a long time since he'd been home. How many years? <laughs> 19 years. His mama is at home waiting, waiting, waiting for 19 years. After Christmas, he went, and this is the story. Here we go. So what happened was, uh, after Christmas, I told mom that I'll be coming. Before that, like every year, I'll tell mom I'm on my way, I'm coming then. Because of the work issues and work overload, then I'll postpone it. So this time, I said, okay, no matter what, I'm just going. 
So mom knew I was coming, but the date she wasn't really sure. I didn't tell her. I said, I'll make it a surprise. So I landed in Ghana on January 11th. And then my brother, Gabriel, he was going to pick me at the airport. And also my wife's uh, niece, uh, Nate. So I called them when I came up from immigration. And so Gabriel first came in. He stood by me. Then I told him, oh, Nate, uh, let's wait for Gabriel, my brother. He will come and then we'll go and, uh, together. And he said, oh, no, I'm Gabriel, your brother. I said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it because Esther told me, oh, Gabriel is slim and got a fast stomach and everything. But he's got about three months then coming up. But I said, oh, Esther told me that uh, your stomach is flat and all that kind of stuff. And we laughed with her. Then uh, we went home. The next day, I went to mom's place. The family, they were there. They welcomed me. Mom was in white dress, and so was my uncle. Some of the relatives all came in, sat down. And they, we chatted, and we did all kind of stuff. Eventually, they all left, then I was alone with mom to get to the room. Then I said, oh, mom, I want to apologize for not seeing you for 19 years. It's, it's very bad. It's not respectful, and it's not a thing of honor. So please forgive me. And we went through all praying and all that kind of stuff. Then I sent some sense some feeling of calmness. Just ask and think about the whole thing. Mom said, don't worry, everything is fine. Fine. Eventually, the next day we went to see the pastor. And then just before leaving that day, one of my friends came. He's a pastor of the church, the Baptist church. He came, we prayed together. We had a very good time of fellowship, praying, going through deliverance stuff and healing stuff. So that's when I came down the Calgary on the 20th. That was just 10 days. So when I came then, uh, I told mom I've arrived and I'm so glad to see her. The next time I was thinking about the whole thing, I told God, God, there's a promise in the Bible that says, honor your mother and father and I will bless you. So this year, I've done this for my mom. Mm. Just bless me. And I'm seeing a lot of things coming up this year. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's good. So the second part was uh, last year we had there. We had this uh, Holy Spirit conference, and Prophet Graham was praying for us here. So he prayed and uh, went around, put the hands on everybody, laid hands, and that was it. Three, four weeks after that, I started feeling some, some heat on the back. And I said, oh, this is, what's, what's going on? So they prayed about it, and I realized that, oh, God is doing some work in me. And uh, that was about the commitment, right, to serve. Because one thing God likes is to serve and push. My brother is a minister. Most of my family members, they are all reverends and pastors and stuff. I said, God, I want to push this here. So for this year onwards, I've just, I'm just telling God, use me, the fullness. So this year for Holy Spirit Conference, just have the expectation. Right. Come in front, right. tell God to bring you deliverance so that mm -hmm. he can move you to the next level and expect for fullness of the Holy Ghost. And God will bless you. Amen. 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 Thank you, sir. Thank you.
The next might be the most exotic location. I'm asking Shannon Moira from Strathmore to come. So uh, Shannon Moira uh, have been part of our church for how many years? Like long? 22 for me. I'm 18. Okay, 18 years, 22 years. And they're, they're an integral part of our house, of our team. Um, quite often people will come to me and say, oh, I'd, I'd like to be a part of that, but I'm, I'm too busy. I have too much going on. And I think, okay, that's fine. Every, everybody's busy. That, that's fine. And then I come to these people, and I'm absolutely convinced that none of us know what busy is until we try to follow these two around, okay? So let, let's just take for t- today, for instance, okay? So Shan was in charge of leading prayer before the service. Shan and Moira look after a service lead uh, during the service, and now they're here speaking. And uh, that's only the first four hours of the day, okay? So, so that's who they are. So uh, there's some interesting things going on in your house these days. Uh, let's, talk about, um, let's talk about who got saved this week. Can we talk about that? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> Jersey got saved. She accepted Jersey. Can, yay, yay for being part of family. <laughs> can, we, can we talk a little bit about how Jersey ended up at your house? Um, yeah, we can talk a little bit about that. Um, basically, it, it was sort of a, a sudden thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she had spent most of the summer with us, and we love Jersey. We've known Jersey for, well, since she was about six years old, and she lived across the street from us. And anyways, we really got to know her this past year. Um, but in October, there was some issues, and her, her home broke down where she was staying at, and we got called and said... We're she, coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, we said, yeah, she's coming here. She can, she can stay with us, and so that was, that was a, a one day, and then the next day, we're signing kinship papers, and that whole thing is... So she is part of our family. <laughs> yes, she is. And Jersey, just so you know, part of this family, we love having you. We love, love seeing her Sunday by Sunday and watching how she's changing and growing. And, and uh, she's a whole lot happier these days. It's just, and we're thrilled with the decision that you've made. Um, Shan, for you, uh, last week was pretty busy too because you got an award. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so... East of Calgary, there's a magazine called The Newsy Neighbor, and they hold, uh, I guess, a little competition. Maybe it's a popularity competition. But anyway, um, <laughs> they, they hold a little competition, and it's called Best in Business, and basically has to do with uh, all businesses that are east of Calgary, so Chestermere, uh, Langdon, Strathmore, any, anything that's that direction. And so I had gotten nominated, and really had no hopes of anything. So this is actually the fourth, fourth year we've been nominated. Uh, so first year I got first place. Uh, the next year I got second place. And then last year I got third place. So, you know, I'm just like, well, slowly going down. Not as popular anymore. <laughs> and so we didn't, you know, advertise. We just, you know, we have a lot on our plate this year. So uh, we just, you know, oh, we're not going to sew in too much in that. And we get an email about a week before the awards ceremony. 
congratulations, you guys are in the top three. We'd like you to come to the dinner. So we go to the dinner, and I'm expecting to get third. And I end up finding out that I get second place, and I was in competition against 64 different companies. Very good. Yep. Very so, good. And then, thank you. And then my wife uh, gets an email from the producers or the editors of the magazine saying you should be very proud of your husband. Um, anytime we go on social media, anything like that, he is so highly um, recommended that it's absolutely amazing. We're kind of surprised he didn't get cold. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, just in case you want to know, uh, he repairs appliances. Uh, Dishwasher. How many, how many have had their appliances fit? Yeah, see, lots of, he, he does that. Um, can I just take a moment out and say, Shannon, uh, Shan's mom and dad are here. Shan's mom and dad, will you stand up? The Simpsons. The reason... But don't look embarrassed. The, the reason I wanted them to stand is because this week they celebrate their 53rd wedding anniversary. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, Shannon and Moira have been asked, uh, a year ago we asked them if they would head up and be the campus pastors for what we're going to do in Strathmore. And so that's what I want to talk about for the next few minutes. Uh, tell, tell us, uh, well, let's start with today. Today's, what, what's going on today? So today is going to be C3 Strathmore's first public event. So we've been holding little... Uh, cell group meetings every second week on Wednesday evenings. Uh, but this is going to be our first one that we actually have people that aren't involved with it coming. So um, it's been a bit of a nervous thing, but we're doing a little Super Bowl party at our house. And originally we were thinking, oh, we'll probably have maybe about 15 people. And it ended up being like 40, close to 50 people <laughs> saying, yeah, I think we're going to come. I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't know I knew this many people. And honestly, I only invited one person. This is, this is my Strathmore team just <laughs> knocking it out of the park. Yeah. So honestly, it's just God's already gone before us. Yeah, yeah. So the purpose of, of today's thing, it's Super Bowl party, but, but it's what? Tell, talk to us about this. I could care less about football. <laughs> I honestly could care less, but I'm just making it look like, yeah, I'm totally, uh, what's the team I should go for? <laughs> I heard a couple wrong answers. I'm going to say the Patriots. We're Patriots here. Okay, so... <laughs> so, really the whole purpose of the night is not about football. It's actually just making connections with people. Just letting them know, like, we're not here to grab your money. We're actually just here to serve you. Mm -hmm. um, we're just here to love you. We just want to get to know you, right? So we're just trying to create that atmosphere where when people come in, it's like, hey, this is family, mm -hmm. just like you guys. Mm -hmm. So, Moira, talk a little bit about um, the makeup of Strathmore. It's, it's a different climate than Calgary. It's a totally different thing. Why is connection such a big deal there? Um, you know, Strathmore is, Strathmore is a commuter town. So a lot of people, they move, they, like they live in Strathmore because it's cheaper to live out there. And then they come to Calgary to work. 
And so a lot of their connection, their work buddies or whatever would be mostly in Calgary. So then building connection in Strathmore is kind of difficult, right? Because when they come home, they're tired and they just want to like, and then there's nothing to do there, right? Like nothing really. There's not really anything. Unless you want to go to, yeah, there's nothing to do. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so connection and community is important. And I mean, even if you wanted to bring your kids somewhere, it's not like you've got the jump house gymnastics place that you can go to. There's like, there's not many places that you can go to. So it's nice to, to we want to facilitate that to, to build community. There's other amazing churches there as well in Strathmore that are working also together to, to build community and stuff like that. And um, but we just, we just know there's so many more. There's some people that won't even go to a church. Um, and so this is what we're, we're trying to do here. Shan, talk a little bit about uh, in your business, you started running across people who maybe had faith but had been hurt and didn't go to church and stuff. Talk, talk a bit about how God started preparing your heart for, for what we're doing in Strathmore. Um, well... I'd be working in a house, and you guys probably know when you're working with somebody that knows the Lord, you all of a sudden you have that sense, and they'll say something to you that triggers, aha. And there's been so many, oh man, I can't even count how many, where I walk into a home, and the aha comes out, and I'm like, oh, so, you know, you know Jesus. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, where do you go to church? Well, I don't really go to church. Well, how come? Right, and so I've had opportunities to, you know, bring people back into a relationship with Jesus, and then say, "Hey, well, you know, the back behind your house, literally the backyard of this guy's house, was a church." And I'm like, "Well, you know, why don't you go there?" And you know, I, I've just, you know, had these opportunities, and even even like in the past couple weeks, I've had opportunities. Um, we have uh, a reservation that's just to the, the southeast of Strathmore uh, called Sixika, and it's Canada's second largest uh, reservation. And I've just been meeting all these neat little uh, contacts there. And these are people that know, know who God is. They know right. who Jesus is, but they don't have a place to go. And I'm just like, all right, God, I know, I know you're going before me, and I know you're doing this. So I just need to step out and go with you. <laughs> Right. So in um, a couple of educational things for us as a congregation, um, this isn't a standalone, separate, divorced church from us. This is our church meeting in two locations, okay? So when they're going through it, we're going through it because they're us. We're them, okay? There's no division here. But this is a specific project, and so uh, we're hoping to launch publicly in the fall. But in the meantime, how do we pray? How do we pray for Strathmore? How do we pray for this church? How do we pray for you two as, as campus leaders there? I think for, well, we'll start as us as leaders. Um, and it's not just Moyer and I. It's, you know, we've got Kyle and Jocelyn that are helping us lead. We have Brad. Uh, we have Katie and Doug over here as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got Uncle B. Yeah. Um, we've got another girl named Jen that's helping us out. And I think, I, I think with all of that, um, praying for our leaders is just that we're always open and ready. Um, in Psalms 51, it talks about, you know, um, 
restore the joy of my salvation. Um, and I think it goes on, like, and, and give me the willingness and sustain me. And I think that's one of the things that, just praying that we just stay willing, mm-hmm. that we still stay, you know, sustained, you know, because this is, we're, we're heading into territory that's crazy hard and it's mm-hmm. going to be tough. And a lot of us are going to be like, oh man, why didn't I just stay back over here when you're wanting me to go over here? So just having that sustainability to, you know, keep moving forward because we're going to see resistance because, of course, the enemy doesn't want us doing any of this kind of stuff. Um, so praying for those things and joy, right? Even though it's going to be tough, we just need to be excited because we know God's got something amazing right. coming through. Amen. Um, Amen. And really over Strathmore, um, I think one of the biggest things is... Uh, just the connections that we make, that they're just really healthy connections. Um, I know sometimes you can make a connection where, you know, buddy cuts me off, and then, like, <laughs> and all of a sudden he shows up at church, and I'm like, oh, hey, right? Like, so, you know, just, just you know, I'm not saying that. I'm not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just, just that we've got these healthy connections, and that the people that God wants us to, you know, really have into church that we're, we're able to actually have that time with them, right? And I, I know sometimes you can walk into a church and it's just like everyone's so busy doing their thing that you kind of get forgotten. And so I don't want that to be the culture of what C3 Strathmore mm-hmm. is, that when someone comes in, you're not forgotten, that there's follow-up, that there's connection, that there's, you know, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. You know, I miss you. Right, that kind of stuff. So, it's very good. Um, we're we're planning to have some things whereby we, as a church, go out there just so that you can get a feel for the place and and you can be immersed in the experience so that you know how to pray um, specifically. Um, as I said right off the bat, uh, Shannon and Moira are some of the busiest people I know. They're uh, they have. A business. They um, more homeschools. They have uh, four kids in their house. Uh, they're five, five kids. Five kids. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I was so can't forget. We have five kids in the house. And uh, Jersey, just so you know, it was it wasn't you that I forgot. I forgot Des. Yeah, it was. It wasn't you. It was Des. It was Des. Anyways, um, and, and they have all sorts of projects going on. Moira, you have another project going on, and um, I'm, I'm wanting us to talk about it a little bit as a family so that you know how we can be a support and where the boundaries are. So you tell us about the, uh, about the project. All right, so this is, okay, so. <laughs> so this is the project. Before we got asked to be campus pastors, I off, we, Shannon and I prayed about this, and uh, a couple that we know, um, we offered to be a surrogate. So I am a gestational surrogate. So I wanted you guys to know that. Um, it, it so it started in January, then in February, um, we got asked to be campus pastors. Um, God worked through that whole scenario, and... The timing just lined up. Everything lined up. Um, we had tried a transfer earlier in May. It didn't work out. But then in, at the beginning of October, um, we tried another transfer. And that one 
worked out. <laughs> mm. So I am pregnant, and I am due, yeah, in June. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's been really exciting. So, yeah, that, that happened the beginning of October, and then in between finding out whether or not I was pregnant or not, that's when Jersey came to our house. <laughs> so God's been doing a lot, and I'm telling you, yes, uh, that I'm, the fact that I'm standing here is just a testimony that God walks me through this, because I, I had no idea. I did not know the plan of what all, how this would all work out or, or anything, but uh, it's just sort of moved forward, like, okay, God, you're going to make every... You're gonna make you're gonna make everything line up, every appointment, everything. And he has been so faithful. I haven't had to worry about one mm -hmm. single thing, and it's been amazing. It's yeah. So I wanted you guys to all know that that this is what we have embarked upon. I'm I don't have five kids, and now have another one coming along the way. This one is gonna be a gift from our family to another family. Some of you are still sitting there trying to figure that out. Me too. So, <laughs> so they're carrying a baby right in here for another couple. So you can imagine all of the emotions and feelings and all of that. And then we put on to that as well. There's a confidentiality situation going on so they're not able to talk about the what the when the who okay so I wanted you to know so that I could save this lady from lots of questions okay already people have been looking at her and thinking uh, guys do you know what causes it you know like they just there's been some weird side views okay and this is a gift this is a setting aside of gift so you can't say, so how did this all come to be? Because she can't answer that. Here's the question. Moy, how you doing? Doing great. <laughs> how can I pray for you? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we end. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Do you feel engaged and educated? Okay, I, you, some of you will still be scratching your head, you know, throughout the day, and that's okay. Uh, we didn't need your approval or anything. It's just we wanted you to understand what's going on, and we wanted to protect this lovely lady um, from from invasive questions and and you from the embarrassment of saying, "Oh, I guess I shouldn't have asked that." Okay, does that help? Okay, good. Does that help you, my dear? That's great. It's out there. Everybody now <laughs> knows, know. okay? Yes, yeah. So you can Google gestational surrogate, and you can get your information <laughs> if you like. Gestational surrogate, okay? Don't go anywhere, because we're going to pray.